Falcons, Hawks, and Atlanta United. Knocked down, it's gone! WCGC Atlanta at WCGC HD1. Always live and free on the Odyssey app. Atlanta Sports Radio, 92.9, the game. Sports Radio, 92.9, the game. Steak Shapiro. Mike Conti joined us. Thank you so much. Jason Evans coming up at about 45 seconds. He's great movie guy, great basketball guy, good friend of the show as well. Sophie Shapiro, the baby Sophie, is sitting to my left because I promised her a great lunch if she came into work with me this morning. So, And she does like coming to work with Dad. The big O over there working over the holidays. And thank you so much for making this show and this radio station a part of your routine, especially on the Odyssey app, odyssey.com, and uh, the Odyssey app, of course. Tonight, big game, Brooklyn and the Hawks. Must-see TV, must-listen to. 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 tip, Durant and Kyrie up against the Atlanta Hawks. So uh, looking forward to that as well. Jason Evans in studio. Haven't seen you in a while. We used to play Sunday morning basketball together. Yes, and then we did. I'm 56, you're 55, and uh, similar to Southwest Airlines, we we put up the white flag and said, <laughs> we, we're done. We can't handle this. We're uh, get tight on that microphone right there. So it's good to see you, though. You're not playing a lot of hoop these days, huh? No, no. Unfortunately, my body doesn't let me do quite what I used to do. <laughs> yeah. And what you used to do wasn't that spectacular to begin yeah, no, with. No, it was not. No, it's not. But you and I actually <laughs> often deed up against each yes, other. yes. Uh, I, I think every time I was DNU, you, you were always like, give me the ball, give me the ball. <laughs> Mouse in the house. Mouse in the house. No. <laughs> anyway, um, so we just went to the movies the other night. I was just thinking about this. And Jason, by the way, uh, has been doing movie reviews and writing about movies for the last couple of decades. Or At I- least, yeah. Actually, back in the 1980s, I started going to film screenings because the film critic for CNN, a woman named Carol Buckland, didn't have a driver's license. And she needed <laughs> someone to drive her to screenings. And she was a friend of mine, so I would... Drive her to the screenings, and so I've been I've been sitting with the critics yep. for four decades and now. writing about film. Yep. So two of your passions are Duke basketball. You have a podcast, and give a little plug for that. Yes, the Duke basketball report, the DBR podcast. It's the far and away the number one podcast focused on on Duke sports. Awesome. We get ninety thousand downloads a month, and you get a bowl game today. By the way, right? We do. We do, and we talk. Yeah, it's called the Duke basketball report, but we do talk about football every now and then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when in, in the basketball, like Duke's current, the Duke basketball team's on like a 10-day break right yes. now. Bowl game, perfect timing. <laughs> they got who, Central Florida today? Yeah, I think and, that's is. a good team. That's, yeah. They, 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 they sort of won a national title a few years ago, kind of. Yeah, in their own mind, right? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so let's just talk about the movie business a little bit prior yes. to, um, because the landscape has absolutely changed. And I was thinking this as I went to the film movies the other night with my three kids and my wife. Just how much, how pleasurable it is to sit there with like the big speakers and the big screen and the energy of watching previews. It's an experience, yeah. And yeah. and and it's just, it's an uphill battle for the for the uh, movie companies in a lot of ways, right? To get people back to the theater themselves. Yeah, it really is, and, and you know, part of the situation is I think the pandemic obviously accelerated things in a big way, but we were already going toward more and more streaming as as the future of the entertainment industry. I mean, I lament the fact that one of the best films that you can see this holiday season is Glass Onion, the the Knives Out sequel that's on Netflix. It was in theaters 
for a week. Right. For one, and then they pulled it immediately. And Netflix really resisted. Netflix didn't even want to put it in theaters for a week, but supposedly uh, Ryan Johnson, the direct, the writer director of that film, award winning, and Daniel Craig and some of the other people associated with it were like, "Yeah, give it, the, give it a theatrical, give it, you know." So they did one week. And it, and it, but now, if you want to see it, you have to watch it on TV. And but it's, it's a number one stream movie now in America. But it's just a different. Right, but it's a different experience than being in a theater, uh, as opposed to somebody with a clouded Tom Cruise. Talk about the storyline of how. He held Top Gun and and was able to leverage to say this is a film you have to see on the big screen. Not a lot of company, not a lot of people have the juice to pull that off. No, but I think part of it was Paramount, the folks releasing it, didn't really disagree with him. They knew, and they also didn't have a great streaming platform at that time that that would that would give this film what it deserved. They knew that they had something special on their hands and that it would work in theaters in a way it wouldn't work at home. So how often is that the case realistically that you cuz cuz I, I don't look at knives out as one that you can't watch on your nice no, big 90-inch no, right. TV at home. How often obviously Avatar is one of those movies that you don't want to be watching. Oh yeah. You know, you don't want to be watching on your you know, your Delta flight to Chicago watch the first hour and a half of oh Avatar on a little screen, oh right? My God. No, but I mean that's that's the options that's people have. That's a horror story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and the truth is, Avatar, The Way of Water, actually isn't that great a story. I, I've got a lot of critical things to say about it if you want to get into it. But it is a visual experience, and you have to be in a big, immersive environment to have that visual experience. Is it really a better 3D movie than any other 3D movie, or is that uh, overplayed? I mean, there's not much that I see in 3D nowadays. It's yeah. just it, it's not really done as a format that people are embracing the way they were when Avatar Originally, came, the first Avatar came along and, and, and changed the industry for a few years. I, I think it's a great 3D experience. Uh, there, there are very few films that I would say to you, yeah, make sure you pay extra to see it on an IMAX screen. Make sure you pay extra to see it in 3D. Avatar is unquestionably one of them. Again, not a great story, but you're going there to be immersed in a world in a way that you really don't get to be uh, in just about any other theatrical experience nowadays. Three hours and 15 minutes, does it feel long or not? Well, I wasn't bored. I didn't, I mean, like, like Babylon is, is three hours and 15 minutes, and I was like, after an hour, I was checking out. I was, I was like, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah, what is Babylon? It's the Brad Pitt film. It's a throwback movie. Explain what Babylon is. Because, again, we're talking about the holiday movies. Jason Evans is here. Just the notion of the next couple of weeks going back to the movies <laughs> and just the, the, the evolution of, of where film is going. If you're not a Marvel or DC or a Tom Cruise or a James Cameron can yeah. you release something that's going to be successful? And it's a, it's a grind. It, it, it's not easy. In terms of what Babylon is, you're right. It's, it's like a 1920s. It's a film set in the 1920s. Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt. It, it is about the transition in Hollywood from the excess of the end of the silent film era to the beginning, beginning of, the, of the talkies. It, it is just a film filled with so much excess. Literally, stake in the first 10 minutes, I kid you not, there's a scene where a guy gets pooped on and a scene where another guy gets peed on. And, and it's very funny. You laugh. But I'm like, really? These are the, this is sort of the story we're telling here? Right. So uh, what's, what's your – so Babylon, you're not telling us to go see? No, no I, I, I don't think so. Okay. It, you yeah. are telling us to see Knives Out. Yes, unquestionably. Although, I, I, again, I, I lament the fact – it's also a kind of longish movie. I lament the fact that it's Mostly only available on streaming. streaming. And Avatar, what's, what's your grade on Avatar? Like a B minus, maybe a C B plus. B minus. Yeah. So, so steak. The visuals are gorgeous. 
but the story is really lacking. James Cameron, what he does best, think back on all his films, there is a character arc. Characters transform in his films. Literally, the first Avatar is about a guy transforming from a human into a Na'vi. Uh, if you think about the original Terminator films, sure. th those are films where the char main characters go through a transformation. In this film, I kid you not, there's not a single character in this film who is any different at the end of the film than they are at the beginning. All right, so give me some other ones that are. We just saw the menu the other night with the that's family. Fun. I think that's We had so much fun. And yeah. even my 11-year-old who is just, you know, like he's used to, listen, he's, he's in a superhero era as well. You know, baby Sophie over here, like she loves the big DC Marvels. So to fight, I don't, I don't, I don't love the action movies. I don't love the whole, the arc of all, all the Marvel films. But this was a movie that was so much fun, especially for a guy that, you know, covers restaurants for a living. Oh, yeah. It's right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was so dark and funny and just quirky. And it reminded me of uh, the Jordan, Pe uh, uh, Jordan Peele movies, right? Yeah. It, uh, it has a little bit of that feel because. I think it, it, it gets labeled a little bit as horror, the same way Jordan Peele's films get labeled as horror, but there's a lot of suspense and drama and... And comedy. Yeah, the, the oh, comedy it's, it's in hysterical. the menu is hysterical. It's hysterical. If you have friends that were foodies who are these wine connoisseurs or food connoisseurs, hysterical takeoff on those people and the chefs, these superstar chefs as well. All right, give us a few others that are out right now. Uh, so the other thing that uh, I think, by the way, advance warning... I think folks should not see I Want to Dance with Somebody, the Whitney Houston film, which is also, you know, another one of these films, two and a half hours long. Her life was full of amazing conflict. Yes. And this film constantly, you know, she, her, her father did some financial shenanigans. She had some very questionable relationships involved in drugs. Her career goes yeah, she up. Was a, she had a lesbian relationship while she was married. That woman yes. never left the road. Bobby Brown and her were partying like maniacs, and she got yeah. to be like 90 pounds. She was hooked on drugs. So I, I've watched two documentaries on Whitney that were fascinating. I thought this movie was going to really give us lots of insight into that. They were going to set up some of these conflicts and then and then give us an interesting resolution to them. In this film, the, the conflicts come up out of nowhere, and then two minutes later, they get resolved in a way that isn't satisfying, and then it's just like forgotten and dry. It's it's really it's. I was. So Is it a fun night at the movies or no? Not I don't think so. It's, okay. First of all, it's like watching her music videos half right, the time. I heard. There, there, there's lengthy. I mean, like the final <laughs> ten minutes of the movie is just is just this actress lip syncing Whitney Houston. Right. And I was like, what am I watching here? Okay, so we're not going to see the Whitney movie. No. I I would say go see the Fablemans. Which is Steven Spielberg's film? His autobiographical tale of growing up, right? Yeah, and and uh, some uh, I'm not. This is not my line. Someone else said to me in the film, the the main character makes movies. That's what he's as a youth. The the little mini movies that he makes in this film are better than ninety percent of the movies that you would see on the big screen today. <laughs> All right, what about the big action movies? What are the ones you respect the most? What's the Marvel series that that delivers time and again? What's the big blockbusters coming out through January, February, early season? Well, February supposedly the Marvel Cinematic Universe is finally going to advance forward a little bit. One of the criticisms that anyone who is a Marvel fan has is that. They've been telling stories, but they're very contained, and they're not advancing a larger story, which is what Marvel did so great for a long, long time leading up to uh, Endgame. Supposedly, the, the story's going to start to really advance in, in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, where they're going to introduce Kang, 
uh, who's al already sort of been introduced in the Loki series, and we're getting into we're getting deep into the weeds. People may not care. No, but the Marvel, this is what they care about. Listen, they care less about the Fablemans than they do about this stuff, <laughs> that's, right? That's My true. daughter's nodding over here because she's watched yeah. every one of she's these She's excited. Marvel. She's probably ready for, right. for Quantumania. Yeah. And, and I think there's some really interesting possibilities with where the Marvel Cinematic Universe has gone with multiversal stories because it is possible you can tell a story about a character, resolve that story, and then bring that character back in a different way through a different multiverse. And that's what they've been great at. And DC's failed. What do you think of Black Adam, which is on cable now, with, with The Rock? Big disappointment, right? Yeah. It's another one of these films where they don't understand that having us care about the characters, having the characters do things that make sense, is what draws us into the films. What Marvel has gotten better than any of these other you know, big, huge films is that it's not about the action, it's about the characters. Which is what Iron Man did better than anyone, right? Absolutely. It's what they did from the start. If you think about the first Iron Man film, there's not a lot of action in the first hour of that film. It's all about, we're going to introduce you to who Tony Stark is. We're gonna, I talked about character arcs. We're going to take him on a journey. And then you bring in the action. Right. That's, what movie, that's what makes a great movie. All right. Uh, the, people are listening now. Give us a couple of films. They're going to the movies the next three, four days. You like the Fablemans, right? Good night at the movies. Yeah. Um, we like the menu, right? Yes, like the menu a lot. Look, if you've got a family with kids, the new Puss in Boots. Right. I am. I am shocked at how good the new Puss in Boots. How entertaining is. it is. Yeah, and they did a great job in that film. That's the character from Shrek, right? It is the character from Shrek, and it's probably, it's probably the best sort of Shrek universe film since like Shrek Two or something like that. A, a long time ago. So mom and dad won't be bored either. No, I don't think so. I really don't. And the thing about it is, they, they. they gone to a new animation style like if you remember the spider-man into the spider-verse film which had a little like an anime kind of style to yeah. it they've used that kind of style to really freshen up the shrek universe great stuff my friend i'll give my you a pleasure i'll give you 10 seconds on duke basketball how are they gonna be they're gonna be fine they've had guys injured who are now coming back who's the best college basketball two or three teams in the country right now i mean probably houston and purdue purdue is really good zach Eady is a load Great to see you. It is a Let's pleasure do this always. More up. We'll talk about the Oscars and everything else coming up. That's, hell yeah. That's a few months. Am I allowed to say hell yeah? I don't know. Uh, you can say a lot more than that, my friend. <laughs> All right, buddy. When we come back, when George Patton gives a speech on your behalf, normally good things happen. That's why Americans have never lost and will never lose a war. No, we're not talking about that George Patton. This is a different George Patton and why he's taken up for the most maligned quarterback in the NFL. We'll tell you about that. Belly up. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Odyssey and the Odyssey app.